Welcome to episode 115 on The Real Kipper at Show. Here we are, and we've got playoff matches. All decided, with the exception of the West. Still some meat on the bone there in the last few games. We figure out where Colorado, Vegas end up. But that's why I'm so excited, and you saw the thumbnail today. Toronto and Montreal, and yeah, I'm a Toronto guy. In terms of born and raised, we are in a we were in a situation here where we have not seen the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Montreal Canadiens since 1979. I was 13 years old. That was the last time they were in the playoffs. So people are excited, and right across the country, we do know we've got seven teams in the NHL here in this country, but. Only two from the original six. And that is where we'll start in terms of our thumbnail. But Mac, before we start talking about uh, on the ice, and we'll go to Doug McLean down in Florida. Mac, the storylines off the ice keep getting stronger and stronger. And we're going to talk a little bit about Eichel in the follow-up because Kevin Adams did speak to the media today sounding like he tried to downplay a lot of it, but did speak of the dilemma between the organization and Eichel. But the latest breaking news, of course, out of the New York Rangers, and we had talked on this, uh, we talked on this a couple of days ago, the probability that they were going to let Dave Quinn go. And sure enough, they made it official today. So Mac, no, no real surprise there that they made this, this move. But for me, I just don't understand why they waited a couple of days after the uh, the bomb of an announcement of JD and, and Jeff Gorton gone. Yeah, I, I don't understand it on two fronts. I don't understand it with what you just said, um, you know, with, um, you know, when the JD uh, shoe fell and Gorton. But I, I don't understand why Drury is even going down this path. I mean, I, I, he was one of the guys instrumental in bringing Quinn in unless it, unless it was really bad and a disaster. Why would he, why would he go there? Is this coming from Dolan? Is this part of the fallout that Dolan didn't want this guy or to say they're not want this guy or does Drury not want this guy? That that's what I'm confused about here. Who doesn't want Quinn here? when uh, there was some pretty good progress with young players. I, I, I'm, I'm a little confused by why they would even bother was firing it, them. Was it you that told me that line? And I don't know whether it came from Harry Sinden or, or somebody else, but it went something like this. Do we need to fire two people today or just one? Was that... That wasn't me. That wasn't you? No, that wasn't me. That might have been Harry Sinden. The the saying goes that somebody from maybe ownership or above a general manager wants a coach fired, and yeah, you better do it, or we could be looking at your job as well being but, but, fired here. Doesn't, doesn't this it, scenario have a little bit of that feel here that... 
that perhaps Dolan wasn't a Quinn fan and didn't like him. And if JD didn't fire him or Gorton didn't fire him, then he was going to do it himself, which it, it just kind of shapes up that way. It, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that's, that's the optics here. Yeah. And, and Dolan did say that uh, it would be Drury's call on the coaching. And, you know, that sort of comment came out a little bit over the JD thing. Now, is that where things went south between JD and the owner? I don't know that. But to me, you know, for Drury now, I guess he was instrumental in bringing Quinn in from what I've been told. And now he is going to bring in his own guy. I don't have a problem with that, but I'm just wondering who's making the call here. And I think that's what you're alluding to. Is it Drury, who is now the present GM with slats in the background and Dolan in the background? Who is really making the calls on this decision? You'd like to believe it's Drury. I'm not sold on that yet. It's really uh, it's really an interesting time, Mac, for, for your coach's fraternity. On first of all, I can't, I can't recall so many big names being available, and and we haven't even got into the playoffs. And you know, like usual, there's some casualties coming off a surprising loss in the first or second round, and perhaps coach's job still on the line here. But with the adjustment maybe in salaries to now. Who's qualified? Who isn't qualified? It was only just a short while ago, Mac, that when we spoke of top college coaches like Hackstall and Quinn and NHL teams wanting these guys in the programs uh, out of college being real successful, and then they're they're in a position to ask for two and three million dollars before ever coaching pro hockey game in their lives but is that would that scare people off going college route uh, now with the lack of well, success no. from quinn and hackstall well it won't scare off arizona because they'll hire somebody i mean they're talking to nate lehman from providence college i mean they're going to get him cheap if they want him they're going to go cheap the new york rangers is an interesting job they're going with a big-name guy. They better go with a guy that can handle the New York media, that is media-savvy because it, it'll eat you up and spit you out in a hurry. Um, this is a big hire for Drury. This is a big hire for, for Chris Drury. Um, I, I mean, I'm just hoping that Drury will not go Tortorella. I'm hoping he doesn't go there. I, I just... You know what? I, I don't care if Tortorella gets a job again. I'm sh- hopefully. I mean, if he wants a job, I you know I don't. I'd like to see him get a job. I just hope Chris Drury doesn't go down that ro- road because he does not need this major aggravation. You, if I'm him, if I'm him, I'm going the run. And, and I don't know what Dolan's saying. And I know Slats and Tortorella did not have a good ending. It was not pretty that ending. There's no love lost between the two of them. But what does Dolan want? What does Drury want? What does Sather want? What does Larry Brooks want? 
head writer, uh, sports uh, uh, writer with the New York Post, man. Him and Torts, legendary uh, confrontations. Yeah, I mean, but does, but does the G- We wouldn't mind that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we wouldn't mind it. But does Drury need that aggravation? And you've got these young players. I mean, did you see Line's comments yesterday in Finland, what he said? Like, I don't even want to hear about hockey right now. It has been a disastrous year for the team and for me. I just want to get away from this game. Did you yes. read his comments? Yes. So why, when you've got a bunch of young players, are you even contemplating going there? I know we won a Stanley Cup, you know, with with some, you know, a hell of a team in Tampa Bay, and he did a good job. And he did a good job in Columbus. But why go with the aggravation if you're New York? If you're Drury, I don't even, I don't even consider it. A lot of talk uh, and speculation has Rick Tockett with the Seattle Kraken. That could be a name I think the Rangers would look at. Well, I mean, look, you, you got all these guys out there. Are they looking at Babcock? Or is he locked in the University of Saskatchewan? He's locked into the University of Saskatchewan like I'm locked in my RV next week. <laughs> like, seriously, what, you know, I who's think, out there? I, I mean, you got to talk it to them got... gently that he's going to the Big Apple. That's what I think. Yeah, I think he tells Saskatchewan he's going to take a brain check. So is he in the mix? I don't know. Is Tortorella in the mix? Is Gerard Gallant in the mix? How could Babcock um, not be in the mix? Or at least how I, can he not want that job? You know, I, I, I had lunch with Dale Talon yesterday. Um, and, you know, obviously he's, you know, he's pushing Gerard Gallant to, to anybody that will listen to him. And I don't blame him. He had a great relationship. He didn't fire him. V- Vinny Viola fired him. Uh, interesting lunch with, with Dale yesterday. And we talked, I had a ton of, it was like a, a two-hour hockey talk lunch. So we had fun. So, so you're saying that, uh, so... <laughs> So Dale got the call from the uh, the owner of the Florida uh, Panthers, uh, Viola, and and said, I, "I want this guy gone." Sim- that's simple, Mac. That's the way it worked. With Gerard, yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It was one hundred percent, and that's when, as as a general manager, Dale Talent, you can only go so no, here, far. Here's, here's right? what you can I, only go so far in saying it's not a good idea. I I don't recommend it, and it, then. You worry about your own job at that point. Here's what happened. Gerard was getting Texas during the intermission from the analytics clowns in the press box, telling them with the minority owner who to put on lines. Who to the 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 minority owner and the analytics guys were sitting together and they would be sending Gerard Texas as to who to play with who from the press box. That's how it started. And That's, Dale was, you know, come on. And then this is eventually, the NHL, Mac. No, this no, this is the is, NHL. This no, is the way no, these, this is, these, this they is operate. Pee-wee, this is Pee Wee Triple A. That's embarrassing. Not e- maybe no, maybe Double A. Uh, and then it eventually became, you know, a, a battle. And then Viola fired him. It wasn't Dale? Dale had nothing to do with it. You work your whole life to get to the NHL, and that's the help you get. An a- analytics get. department telling you who to play on what line. Look, I'm all for the analytics department recommending to the head coach 
This is the data. This is something you can consider. That's the way good organizations do it. They look at the data, and the head coach still goes with the, the decision. The Mickey Mouse operations force it down their throat. I would imagine Joel Quenville's not getting text messages on who to play with who. I would say you're 100% right. I think that, the text... I that think crap when, stopped. I think when Tommy Rowe left, the text messages went with him and some other people went with him. I think that's been cleaned up. Wow. Joel at $6 million is not getting text... But, hey, it, I'm all for looking at the analytics data. All for it. You take any amount of data... The packages you get from the analytics department or from sport logic to the coaching staffs, I've seen them. They're good packages. They're good information. It's, a, it's, it's more ammunition to use in your decision-making process. I have no problem with that. I'm all for that. But somebody has to make the call. Does, does Jill send you messages on what to say on the Real Kipper at Noon show? No, it's messages like pick up wine, <laughs> pick up eggs, and pick up wine. Did you get any and, telegrams back in your coaching days, Doug, or how did that work back then? I have faxes. Oh, yeah. I missed faxes. that generation. Faxes <laughs> were big. Did, telegrams were gone. Faxes came in big. Did a big bird ever fly into the room and drop a who note just, on like who just Who just piped in there Give me a... Like, it's like the analytics department just piped in there. Hey, yes. I'll send you it all the time, man. <laughs> wow. Well, that's some good insight there. Yeah. Giving us uh, a little insight on, on sometimes how things work and, and the pressures, the outside pressures on a coach here. I don't know where it ended up... Uh, completely going wrong and the disconnect between maybe uh, Dolan and, and Quinn or in a short period of time, Drury to Quinn, but he is out, Mac. and yep, he's out. They want less development and, and more motivation, I guess. More yeah, somebody to come in and, and, and rock these guys and, and hold them accountable. And that's what Tortorella tried to do all these years in, in Columbus. And what a a video tribute. I heard the players all pitched in and, and got him a gift to Mac. Uh, going away you know, gift? Going away gift. Good. Oh, no, they liked him. The players liked him. I mean. But they want a different voice. Yeah. Did Line A chip in? Did Domi chip in? <laughs> I don't know. Did, I, I mean, don't Seth, know. I know Seth Jones' comment yesterday was, well, I'm going to just step back and see what i want to do and I, figure I, out here. i wasn't there when they passed the hat around mac yeah i, I know. have no, no idea. look hey he did a good job he made the playoffs once in six years um that's more than i did when i was there so congratulations to him i was there years one to seven or eight he was there years eight uh 12 to well 14 to 20 or whatever he was there all right, um, just a couple thoughts on the uh, the Eichel situation. You mentioned uh, Kevin Adams uh, with some of his comments. Nothing out of the ordinary in terms of the, the Buffalo's focus on on just trying to get him healthy. But Mac, we, we've heard of uh, situations where players wanted second opinions. That's nothing really, really new. So to, to the degree that this has gone to, 
I don't think we've really seen this type of story before in terms of the player wanting surgery, but the surgery isn't, uh, you know, anything that's been proven or uh, there's a, a rate of return on the players becoming healthy again. I think uh, Buffalo looks at the, the type of surgery that Jack wants and goes, we know nothing about this uh, surgery. Why would we approve it? So it, it really is a crazy story right now in Buffalo. It, it really is. And look, I, I can empathize with, look, your doctors, as a general manager, you have to trust your own medical staff. If you don't, you should replace them and get people you trust and do the research and, and come up with the best medical staff as you can. But you also have to respect the fact that players want second opinions. And, and everybody does now. Everybody wants a second opinion. But if you're the Buffalo Sabres and it comes back that this is a, this is a, 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 a procedure that people aren't 100% comfortable with, there's got to be great discussion here. There's got to be great discussion between your medical staff and the players' representatives and the player to come to a resolution before this goes out in public that your franchise player is fed up, basically. And it it doesn't go good. I mean, uh, you know, Taylor Hall was quoted yesterday about Eichel and the situation in Buffalo. It didn't sound positive to me. There's There's so many underlying things going on here. It just isn't the way it's supposed to be. Is it Eichel's fault? Probably some. Is it the Sabres' fault? Probably some. But have it doesn't ever, look like it's going to end this way. Have you ever had a scenario where uh, you had a player disagree with your medical staff or your training sta staff in terms of the course of action? And uh, how does this get resolved here? Because I'm under the impression that Buffalo may not support my decision, but it's my body. If I want this surgery, I'll go get it here. All Jack, all, all Jack owes the Buffalo Sabres is the ability to come to training camp and pass a physical. That's, that's all that Jack needs to worry about to collect his money is passing a physical. Outside of that, Jack can do whatever he wants. No. See, I, I have a problem that when you give a guy $10 million for eight years, $80 million, that there's there should be a – it shouldn't get to this. It should be, okay, we're going to work through this and do whatever is the best for Jack Eichel. And if, it, if the second opinion is nervous, you've got to bring in a third. You've got to research this so that you're 100% comfortable. The Sabres – and Jack. That's what you got to strive for here. I've had lots of situations where a player needed knee surgery and he wanted a second opinion. And he went for a second opinion. And you always hope that the doctors, the team, and the players' second opinion people would come to a consensus. And where the player wanted the surgery, if he wanted to go to his other guy and get it through his agent, I didn't have a problem with that. And I had to... And my, my doctors, for the most part, well, they were a little pissed off about it. They, they, they always get their nose at a joint a little bit. Uh, it's egos. The team, yeah, it is. It is egos. And they get their nose at a joint. But you got to work together to make this happen. So we're not hearing this story in the media.
So, so I, I don't whatever know it is, what it's is, not healthy. I don't it's know. It's not healthy. Is, I don't know what this is coming down to. Uh, the cost. So if if Buffalo uh, doesn't approve it, they don't pay for it. I, like at the end of the day, I really don't know what the the true dilemma is in terms of holding this thing up or or deciding if Jack wants this surgery. Jack gets it. Is he pissed off that Buffalo won't pay for it now? I I can't believe that would be the case. It would be that Buffalo are not about paying it, I wouldn't think, but it would be more about not agreeing with it and saying, Jack, we don't agree with this. We're nervous about this. We got to work together to fix this and figure this out. But I don't know if it's when way, I hear, way, when, and I don't know if it's way past that. Nick. When I hear maybe way past it. When I hear his uh, Twitter comments uh, the other day, that's not a guy that really gives a shit what his team thinks. And, you know, I had talked to a buddy of mine yesterday that was on a flight uh, flying to Florida with Eichel, Rutsalainen, Reinhardt, and Yoka Harvey. They got out of Buffalo so got, fast their heads were spinning. You got an airline source? I have sources everywhere. So, so those I guys heard... have just completely bailed on the city of Buffalo and they well, no, are going down to hang I, out with you. I just think they, you know, I think they just decided they wanted to get some sun and relax and get away from, you know, the, like Kevin thought the exit meetings were very positive, according to Elliot Friedman today, that he was energized by the exit meetings. If I'm in an exit meeting with the Sabres, I'm exiting really fast. And yeah, it's great. I'm out of here. And you're not energized when you hear that Ritzelain and, and Reinhardt want nothing to do with a rebuild. Yeah, that would not energize me a lot. Mac, they, they got to they gotta completely blow this up in Buffalo. I hate to say it, Sabre fans, but... I'm at that point now where you just, you strip it right back down, Mac. And that means everybody, everybody. I don't know. You'll have to ask uh, Terry and Kim Pagula about that. They, they're well, the decision makers. I'm asking makers, you. So. I'm asking you. Would you try to salvage anything off that roster right now? Uh, right. I think that, I, I think that there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> I mean, there's still, I looked at the roster pretty closely a month ago, as you know. And I saw 10 or 11 pretty good players there that I thought could be molded into a decent team if Eichel was in the picture. And you know what? I still believe there's 10 or 11 good good players that can be salvaged and made into something. And that didn't include Stahl, or the other guy that left. He went to when Boston. You start What's hearing his name? About, uh, who's that? The guy that oh. went to Boston. I forget his name. Lazar? No, no. Taylor? The, yeah, Taylor Hall. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Hall's so happy right now. So happy. Yep, he's happy. When I start hearing about uh, Jack's neck and the health at just the age of 24, Mac, that ain't helping me trade him, that's for sure. That's not helping trade because you've got now a major issue. And I'm not sure 
why Jack went down that path, uh, because this could hurt him being moved out of there tremendously. Like what team is going to take Jack before they know every bit of the medical situation? That complicates this trade even more if that's the decision Kevin has made. That's what makes it so difficult. Just a couple years in on that uh, eight-year deal, Mac, and I'm just I'm just wondering now. I know Buffalo fans are going to hate this, but forget about trying to get value here. Maybe you just want to get out from underneath that contract. Like no, no, you got to that... get value. You got to get value. You got to get Mac. Some some players back here but somehow if you don't know way. this guy's health scenario why do you want to pick up you know 50 60 million dollars well i'm not talking about the team that's taken jack i'm, well, I'm the talking Sabre. about the team that's taking them yeah no no that, i agree with you on that but the the sabers need assets back here so badly in this deal they need assets back so bad in this trade if in fact they're going to trade them They've, they've desperately got to come back with a couple of top assets. All and right. It won't be easy. Let's get, let's get into a, a few playoff scenarios that uh, really shaped up in the last 24 hours. Of course, uh, we're leading our thumbnail with Toronto and Montreal. Uh, like we said before, with the exception of the West, uh, everything's kind of written in. Just to give everybody a little bit of an update on what their what their week may look like for all those uh, fans out there wanna watching uh, want to start watching their favorite team. This is what I can tell you for as far as scheduling up till now, and we do know that it's still subject to change, so nothing's written in stone. But going into the weekend on Saturday, it's still a little bit about uh, the makeup games. Uh, that we're going to see. So we know there's still a ton on the plate for uh, Calgary and Vancouver. Uh, and they'll go, I think Sunday, uh, Saturday. I think there's a, uh, Edmonton and Vancouver that needs to get closed out. Uh, but we will see Boston and Washington Mac, uh, on Saturday in game one, that one's scheduled at seven Sunday Mac. We believe it's the Islanders and Pitt, Florida and Tampa Bay, and Colorado will be in the mix. We still don't know whether it's going to be against Minnesota or St. Louis. Uh, but that look for that to be about uh, a 12, a 3 p.m., and then maybe a, a primetime game. Uh, Monday, they're talking Washington and Boston, Carolina and Nash, and, of course, Vegas uh, would start their uh, game one still to be determined on their uh their opponent and then in the north mac we won't see any action until wednesday thursday and wednesday right now they've got slated uh the edmonton oilers versus winnipeg and thursday will be the first playoff game between toronto and montreal since 1979 so that gives you a little bit of a feel on on what's coming up here in, in the next little while Hey, uh, my question to you is, Thursday, I'm going to be at the Kentucky Horse Park, just outside Lexington, Kentucky. You want to do the show from there? Can Jordan find out, find me a bar in Lexington, Kentucky that I can watch that game Thursday night? 
Bro, it's Kentucky. I'm pretty sure that everyone is drinking alcohol there. It doesn't I mean, <laughs> walk down the street, you'll find it. I promise. We we can't even golf here in Ontario, and and you're talking about going into a bar. Sorry, well, I'm just thinking of Kentucky. killing me. Right I know now. I'm not. I don't want to go to the bar to drink. I want to go to the bar to watch the Leafs because. I don't think in the RV park I'm in, I'm going to get enough internet to catch that game on my TV screen. Well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll draw you pictures and, and, <laughs> and text them to you. Exactly. Mac. Uh, I'm excited about this series. That's why I want to find a bar. Super excited or Mac going, Montreal's got no chance here. Like, it's a best of four. It's a best of seven. But this thing doesn't need to go much past five games, Mac. That Montreal is crawling to finish the regular season here with no juice, no energy. Well, to me, the, the number one thing, Toronto are the better team in the regular season. We know that. They're healthy. Hyman looks like he's back. Felino's back. Uh, you know, we don't know. Bogosian doesn't look like he's ready. Freddie is back. The question, only question I have, is this going to be a competitive series? I think it's going to be a really competitive series if Montreal yeah. are healthy. Gallagher, yeah. Dano, Weber, where are these? Where are these guys? Are they going to be healthy to play? Um, four key guys. And price, obviously. So if you were saying, okay, it looks like Jack Campbell will start, we'll see on that. Freddie's got a lot more experience. We'll see who starts. That's a big how question can, mark. When you've only lost a couple of games, Mac, how do you not start Jack Campbell? Jack like, Campbell starts for me. He, there's, no there's no doubt he starts. Keith, Keith ends up putting himself in a horrible position if, in yeah, fact, he, he goes to Anderson and for some reason lose game one. He won't go with Anderson for game one. He'll go with Jack Campbell, in my opinion. So we'll, we shall see. But there is Jack no scenario. Campbell, there's no Jack scenario. Campbell versus Price. Jack Campbell versus Price. And a huge advantage to Jack Campbell because he doesn't have to win the series for them. He just doesn't have to lose it. That's right. But there's going to be a ton of pressure on Jack Campbell and there's going to be a ton of pr uh, pressure on Carey Price to, to salvage a disastrous season for me. Um, and, you know, Price apparently is ready to play. So that's going to be, I mean, you'd typically say, well, the advantage is the Montreal Canadiens in goal. And based on Carey Price's season, you you can't say that. Can Carey Price fix this issue that he's got, whatever it is, that has made him very average this year? I know he's been injured. I get all that. But can he get it going? You mentioned and if, if Montreal are healthy, I'm just telling wow. you this right now. If Montreal are healthy, I really believe this is going to be a hell of a series. You mentioned, I really believe it will be. You mentioned Deneau out and... Outside of that, Suzuki, Cockney, and Nemi, Stahl, and Evans. Can't compete. Can't compete. I think the one thing, too, Mac, when you look at what Eric Stahl has not been able to do since he's arrived, that, that, one's, a, that one's a major disappointment for Bergevin. 
Yeah, totally. You know what? It, there's been... Okay. I still believe Toronto are the better team. Toronto should win this series. But if Toronto get a ton of pressure on them, if Montreal can ever win one of the first two games and the pressure goes on the Toronto Maple Leafs and their goaltending and their blue line, we shall see if this becomes a competitive series. If Montreal are healthy, if Gallagher, Dano, and company, Weber, Price, if they're healthy, I still believe this is going to be one hell of a series. There's too much pride on the line here, and I know Toronto are better. I thought Toronto were better than a couple of teams they've lost to recently. But this is the best they've ever looked. I like the fact that I'm, I'm hoping he's going to get Kerfoot out of the middle and put him on the side with Nash and Mikhaev. I hope he's going to play the Simmons, Thornton. But listen, Montreal are not that bad if they get, if they get it going mentally. Mentally, they've got to get it going. They will have Maybe to play. Maybe it's too much to ask. They will have to play, Mac, very similar to what we saw at Columbus do to get against the Leafs last season in the bubble. You want so to that means Wierenski and Seth Jones were out of their minds in that playoff series, up and down the ice. And I, I don't see a Seth Jones and Wierenski in this lineup. We don't. Edmondson's done a nice job. Petrie was having a career year, uh, but faded down the stretch. You mentioned Shea Weber not there yet. He's going to have to find a way to get back in the lineup. Sherratt, like they are capable, Mac, of playing and that shutdown, suffocating type of defense. Can but- they make this a a vicious series? Can they make this a? Can they make this a physical enough a? a game in the trenches, can they play the way you have to play to bother stars at playoff time? If they can figure that out, this is a big task for Duchesne. They've got to make these games as ugly as they can make them. And if you're the coach of the Montreal, the coaching staff of the Montreal Canadiens, you're trying to turn this into a street fight. That's what you're trying to turn it into. A knock them down, drag them out, street fight. I don't know if Montreal can do that. The but one if thing they can. The the one thing that I, I watched this blue line, Mac, and it's the lack of mobility. Yeah. And you know what? One of the things that I think really has hurt the Montreal Canadiens in the last few years is that Mete was a guy that they they just couldn't get to the next level. But that is your typical 2021 kind of top four defensemen. It's almost like all the good teams have one of those guys. And Mete, we know, is a fantastic skater. But he he's clearly not, had the he's most not mo- there. Yeah. What's that? He's not there. He, he's not even close to that. No, Mac, but he, he's also gone to Ottawa. They, they put him on waivers. They, they, thought, they thought he was going to um, pass Where? through waivers. Yeah. And they lost. Ottawa him. claims him. And not only that, Mac, I can tell you that there were multiple claims on Victor Mete as well, and there uh, should including have been. the Leafs. They, there should have been. There, there was a lot of teams that said, we'll take that mobility. He goes to Ottawa, Mac. He's playing 20 minutes. Oh, I know. I know. I think, I, they're, it, I think they're nine and three since he, they've but, got but, him. 
but they they made it they made a decision to go with you know the Edmonston to go with the uh, Kulak to go with Romanoff. They had all they those guys. Merrill. They had all those guys ahead of them. And but you know what? This blue line is not mobile. But I've seen lots of non-mobile blue lines get it done at playoff time. Non-mobile blue lines can get it. I mean, Savard is the most talked-after guy that the teams were after. He's not overly mobile, but he's a shutdown guy, and he bothers stars. So can these guys do it, starting with Weber's health, Petrie, Romanoff, this group? I don't know if they can, but if they can turn it into a street fight, it might be a hell of a series. And Toronto, when you're the favorite, the overwhelming favorite like they are, with meaning that unless they get out of the North, everything else is a disaster for them. If they lose in the first round, disaster. If they lose in the second round, that's a lot of pressure on this hockey team. They're really good. I like the way they're set up now with their health. I'm not sold on their blue line, and I'm not sold on their goaltending. And those are two pretty components, big components at playoff time. We've seen video of Carey Price skating around the ice, which means there there seems to be some advancement in in how he's feeling. I would imagine the the pressure on this guy to get back in the lineup is, as you would say, huge. How many times have we seen him skating around the last four years without pads on? They, it's sink or swim time with this guy. Oh, oh no, they need. Him, you got you got to find a way to get him in the lineup. You want to believe it? And you know what? I look. Carey Price has been a star. Can he go in and regain his game? I don't know if he can. Montreal, Toronto. I have to give them full marks. They've had a a wonderful season. They're going just, in there. Their penalty killing's not great. Their power play is stumbled down the stretch, but it, you still think it's going to be pretty good. I just don't see a light switch on for this hockey club. I don't. Hockey. I don't. I don't either. But pressure can do strange things at playoff time. So we'll see. That we you will. didn't. You didn't have uh, Columbus beating Toronto last year, did you? In the play-in round. I don't know. I don't even. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. You didn't have Columbus beating Tampa four straight. I know that. I didn't either. Things strange things happen. Okay. I think Toronto wins it in six. My prediction is Toronto two wins two games. In six. You want to give Montreal two? Yep. I say. I say Toronto wins it in six. I'll be generous and give them one game. Okay. I. I and I'll blame Jack Campbell on one game and then he'll take four out of five. All right. There you have it. I hope Jack Campbell doesn't stumble. I feel like this. Well, you know, you're not stumbling. You're just not playing. I hope that he, I hope that he can continue what he started. So, and Freddie, let Freddie sit and wait for his opportunity. Well, Freddie, we, we know is a good goaltender, Mac. For yeah. for whatever reason, uh, is it the the mental part of the game this time of year in the playoffs for him that he has not been able to get over the hump either in Anaheim or Toronto? Oh, 
So maybe listen, maybe this stretch, Mac, of being off for two months now, is that it's been that long for Frederick uh Anderson, hasn't it? Almost two months. Hey, he's Freddie's been- not Freddie's not the only guy that stumbled at playoff time with this group. There's a he's got a few he's got a few buddies there that have stumbled playoff time too. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys that have got a lot to prove with this group. And I mean, we saw the the deciding game last year where they went with Tavares, Matthews, Marner as a line. And they stumbled in that game. They got scoring chances, but they didn't really get anything done. And you So there's lots too. of guys, there's lots of guys that have a lot to prove for the Toronto Maple Leafs. How much do the veteran guys, Spetsas, Thornton, Simmons, Nash, how much do those guys, Felino? How much do they help them? I've got to believe they'll help them a lot. And the offense, they've been able to provide for uh, Jason Spezza. The offense, Mac, at a limited 12 minutes a night is is quite phenomenal. But we haven't talked about the one guy or two guys that have been absolutely spectacular almost every night. And that's Matthews with what he's done and how he's growing as a superstar in this game. And Marner, how he's growing as a superstar in this league. Night after night after night, these two young players, these two kids have found a way to get it done. I would never underestimate them. And Hyman looks like he's healthy. That's why I'm picking them to win the series. Well, I'm really going out in a limb. For me, and you know, I've I've said this before. John Tavares is a really good hockey player, uh, but I've never uh, seen a stretch of hockey out of him like I have in the past what four weeks now. Yeah. For me, he's played harder, Mac, yeah, than I've probably has. ever seen him play his whole career, and I, I include the Islanders. And points were always something that came naturally to John Tavares probably since he was seven years old playing for the Toronto Marlies. Yeah. yeah. But I've been, I've been watching him in the last four weeks play a harder game at both ends, and he's a workhorse now. You know, yeah, skating doesn't come naturally to him, but he finds a way to get there, and he's doing it at both ends of the ice, and he's playing yeah. harder. He's a harder guy to play against, I think, that he has, that he has ever been in a long time for me. And you it's not what? about the points with him. It's about that that edge that I now see. And it doesn't surprise me because if you're John Tavares and had the career he's had and been the captain of the Islanders, I watched him in the playoffs for the Islanders a few years ago closely against Florida. He, he, he was a horse for them. With what Matthews and Marner have done, that would drive John Tavares to to – Take go to another level. He wants like this guy is a proud guy. Well, and he's played that way. You're talking about the pride of being the best player on your team for every year you've ever played on, and he is take he 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 has taken a back seat, Mac. I know Matthews and Marner. And you know what? He still wants to be the guy, though. And don't kid yourself; he may be the guy. That's okay. You know what it reminds me of, Mac, is a guy like Ron Francis, who who led the charge for Hartford all those years, best player, Ronnie franchise. And then he goes to Pittsburgh and 
of course, he's the second best centerman on the team. And that's okay when you win a Stanley Cup. And I think that's what Tavares has to look at right now. That your Mario is Austin Matthews. And it's not bad to be Ron Francis in Pittsburgh getting your name on the Stanley Cup. That's hey. that's the scenario that I see in Toronto now with when it comes to Tavares. One of the greatest moments of my time behind the bench was when we played the Pittsburgh Penguins with Ronnie Francis as the number two centerman, okay? And we go into the finals in the Eastern Conference, and I look over, and I see Ronnie Francis on the bench with his suit on standing next to Eddie Johnson, the head coach. And that's where Ronnie Francis stayed the rest of that series as assistant coach because he was injured and couldn't play. That was a real highlight for me. And I love Ronnie Francis, but I was really excited was, to see was him that on the, the bench. Difference? Was it that was the a difference big... between winning and losing? Well, the difference between winning and losing is Mario and Yager had one point each, I think, in the series. But he would have made a big difference, probably. Could you have know. changed everything with, with matchups. You know, if I wouldn't have won that series, it might have been better for my career if I would have lost that series, then I probably wouldn't have had as much pressure on me the next year. Okay, let's move out west <laughs> a little bit here, Mac, in the north, because Winnipeg had a, a 5 nothing win uh, last night against uh, uh, a tired Vancouver Canuck Hockey Club. Uh, more importantly, I think, was trying to get some good vibes going into their playoff match against the Edmonton Oilers here. But what did they lose, Mac? Nine out of ten before last night. Uh, something that we I never saw coming. I always assumed at the beginning of the season it would be Toronto and, and Winnipeg would be the team that's challenging Toronto. But here we are in the last week of the season and everybody envisions a Toronto-Edmonton second round, not Winnipeg, but Winnipeg's Still got a pretty good team when we look at it, Mac. Yeah, th- th- this could be a great series. You know, it's really given Edmonton a little different look. I'll get to I'll get to Winnipeg in a minute, but this McLeod kid coming up and playing the way he's played down the middle for them has given Edmonton a little different look. This kid's playing a two hundred foot game, a draft pick. He was drafted by uh, Keith Gretzky. Uh, this kid has come in and, and given them a pretty good look and, and changed a little bit of their look up front. Playing on a line with Neil and Chase Saw as a third line. It's a pretty good line. And to me, I don't know how Winnipeg's average blue line can contain Connor with the way he's going and dry sidle. And you throw in Yamamoto, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Pagliarvi, Cone, I, I don't know they, how they can contain they, them. They lock, the blue line doesn't look good enough for me to contain them unless yeah. Hellebuck stands on his head and wins some games. They they look heavy right now, don't yeah, they? they do. James Neal has been written off a thousand times now in the last year, and yet he can still he can still bring it. He can still find ways to shoot that puck. Oh, you know what? Winnipeg's forwards, we don't know Ehlers. There's rumblings. He may not be back. Well, he's, yeah, I I went on uh, 
Rod uh, Peterson's show yesterday, and I, I mentioned that uh, I had heard that uh, in all probability he will not be ready next week, and uh, hopefully they can maybe get him in the latter part of the series, but if they don't, then they're going to have to wait uh, for, for Winnipeg to advance if they're going to see him Listen. again, which he has been, Mac, he, he's been able to take his game to another level this year. Yep. While, while many have questioned maybe Wheeler and his pace of play this season, Nick Ehlers is, is, is probably, arguably, their MVP this year. So here, here's the test to me. Here, here's the matchup. Shifley, Dubois, and Lowry versus McDavid, Dreisaitl, and McLeod. Yeah. That is, that is going to be Shifley, Dubois, Lowry, McDavid, Dreisaitl, McLeod. That's that to me is where and and then yeah. I'm and I'm worried about the blue line in Winnipeg. I'm on a, I'm not in love with Edmonton's blue line, but it's okay. And then you got Smith and Hellebuck. This to me could be a hell of a series too. A hell well, of a series. The offense that Barry and Nurse has been able to provide, Mac, and mm-hmm. yeah, the the key in all of this, Mike Smith. And it's been incredible what he's been able to do. Oh, he's a great but, story. But he might be a goal or two away from imploding, too. He might be a goal he, or two away from getting hurt, Mac. He has been absolutely outstanding. He is a great story. He's single-handedly... I, I mean, look, McDavid is single-handedly. Dreisaitl, they've done an unbelievable... McDavid has been something else to watch. But Smith has given this team a backbone. He's given them a backbone. He has played so well, and they need him to keep playing this well because I think Hellebuck's going to play well. So it's a it's a great battle. And I I mean it's a pick for me. Edmonton's been the better team. They've lost nine of ten Winnipeg. It's still a pick'em series for me. McDavid should be the difference in this series. Wow. He's the difference in every game. He is. And can those big three sentiment, can Shifley, Dubois, and Lowry contain McDavid? Because I don't think their blue line can contain him. So that big center ice has got to do an unbelievable job in the defensive zone as the down low man in the defensive zone and being able to slow him down. I don't know if they can. Another great sign for Winnipeg is the fact that Blake Wheeler had four points last night, Mac. And you've watched the season that he's had, and it's been a roller coaster, maybe more on the down than, than on the way up. It's funny listening uh, to that quote he had. Uh, I read he talked about Paul Maurice's uh, speech last night. He said he had, he had one of his all-time best pregame speeches put it all in perspective. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, Paul, you're, you're, you're wasting all your good stuff here. And you're still another week away he, from the playoffs. I heard rumblings that he pulled. He was Paul Newman from Slapshot in that speech last night. <laughs> What's he going to have left then? If he's going to go four rounds gonna be tired with all those speeches hey just a note to uh uh paul stastny playing his 1000th game yeah, awesome. i had a video message with uh 
uh, his dad, Peter, uh, and his mom. Again, I've spoken on many occasions, a thousand games is an incredible, incredible feat. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of surprised too, because I think I'm not sure any of the Stastny brothers, Mac, played a thousand games. I know Peter came close, but he didn't. Yeah. So it's pretty incredible. That, they they uh, came, the, I, I got to believe Peter and, and Marion and Anton came at a, an older age, did yeah. they not? You know, so yeah, they, they wouldn't have got near that. I can't. I don't know what uh, Peter Snassy would have played. Would he have played seven, eight hundred games? I think he's yeah. I think he's up there. Maybe even nine. Maybe we can get Jordan to take a quick peek. Uh, but Mac, I don't know if people in the hockey world really know how good Paul's son was. Peter, he was arguably at the time, and I know we we talk about best hockey player in the world. You know, McDavid, McKinnon, but in his era. He was right up there with those conversations, even with, with Gretzky first, uh, you know, surfacing. Wow, I'm, I'm showing 977 games over a 15-year career. Isn't Close. that amazing? Close. Isn't that? But, yeah. Mac, Peter, Peter was fantastic. Peter Stastny was a – I mean, remember him and Dale Hunter together on the Quebec Nordics? Oh, man. And the battles they had against Montreal. Oh, it was he, legendary. He 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 was a, a perfect two hundred foot guy and he played the game heavy too, didn't he, Mac? He was a big, strong guy in those days. I mean, he was six foot one. I mean, he was a big guy and strong and skilled and man, he had a he had a great career. He was so good. He was so good. But anyway, it's great for the kid. You know, thousand games, great accomplishment. All right. We we mentioned Boston and, and uh Winnipeg or sorry, Boston and Washington going at it last night, or, or was it Mac, a, a better look at their, their farm team last night? It was Providence. It was Providence and it was Hershey. Hershey? Yeah. Last night, Providence Hershey game. Now I, I I've question. never seen, a, I've never seen a team sit that many guys out. I got a question play. for, for Jordan now. Okay. What's up? Um, last night, the Boston Bruins stripped their lineup right down. 16 regular guys out and they put in a taxi squad and American hockey league players in the lineup. If you've got now a, a puck line at whatever, and you placed your bet on Boston thinking that you're going to get one lineup that you think should be playing in this game. And then you get the lineup that the Boston Bruins played. And we're talking the first two regular lines out of the lineup. We're talking mm -hmm. the two top pair defensemen out of the lineup. Is there scenarios when you can go back to the, the ticket window to the, to the person and say, I, I want my money back. Yeah. You could get Holding it on your bat. hands and knees. You could put your hands together and you could beg. Uh, no, there, there are, there's this thing called a partial cash out. It, so like recently I actually got a cash out on, uh, the nuggets to win the the cha the championship because of a hometown promo. So what kind of happens is that the sports books either try to build in the chance that the teams will bench that many players into the line or they'll just take it off the board. But once you put that bet in, you you're basically up a creek without a paddle. Mac, have you ever seen that before? And at least they did dress a full roster. But look, unlike what Vegas the other night. Well, that's it. I'm just going to say, you've got a situation where you've got a team resting players 
trying to give players a rest to get ready for a really tough series against Washington. That really is a pick 'em series for me. To me, to me going in, it's Tuka Rask versus the Washington goaltending. Who wins this battle? Ovi's a factor. Kuznetsov, where, what, what's going on with Kuznetsov? But uh, COVID. But here's the situation that they do that to rest, and Vegas, who all they need is one point to clinch the president's trophy and have home ice the entire playoff, which whatever that means, dress 15 players. I have never heard of that. Yeah. 15 players they dress against Colorado and lose the team they're fighting for the first place finish with, and they dress 15 players because of salary cap issues. Like, what is going on? That is because of unfortunate because of cap issues, and they have 15 skaters and they lose 2-1 and miss a chance to clinch. Now they can still clinch if they beat San Jose and in uh, in San Jose, which you know how much San Jose hate Vegas. That's their Stanley Cup, San Jose, is to knock Vegas out of first place. But we'll So see. where are you if you're Peter DeBoer here and, and the whole organization? I, I got to think, Mac, when you're still when you're still such a, a new, fresh organization, you want to hoard as many accolades and awards that you can. I, I would think that it, it would be a big deal for Vegas to win the president's trophy here and another sure banner is. that you can put in your rink. If you're that close, why, why not finish this thing off? I, well, they, they, that's all they could dress, but they've got, this is a, yeah, you want to win the president's trophy. That's a great accomplishment for a team that's this young, uh, since joining the league and what year three or four yeah. is it? You're, I mean, great accomplishment, but when you can only dress 15 skaters and I saw Kelly McCrimmon's quote, we got to get to Thursday. So then the cap becomes a non-factor. We just got to get there somehow. And again, it's not just cap issues. It's, Unfortunate injuries and cap issues. That's what caused it. Too bad. They still should beat. If, they, if they're going to win the trophy, they still should beat San Jose in San Jose. And then you've got Colorado have got to beat LA. I, I, I look at uh, this West. Some, like somebody's going to be majorly disappointed here. And it could happen even in the first round. I... I'm not a, I wouldn't necessarily put a lot of money on it, but I, I wonder if Vegas is, is set up to go down in the first round. And I know uh, I'm putting Darren Millard's Stanley Cup ring on the line here, but God. Mac, even this whole goaltending situation again, it's not a story right now, but it will be, I think. Like, who are they starting in game one? And who are they entrusting to say, you're our guy? I think Robin had that last year in the bubble, but does he expect it again this year? I know this. We talked about Dolan and the Dolan situation in New York and where his head is sometimes. Where will the owner of Vegas's head be if they say it happens what you just said could happen? Hey, anybody can lose in the first round, but owners don't understand that. Owners do not understand losing in the first round. They don't get that. That's not part of their makeup. Vegas have got to win the first round. Oh, my gosh. And there's that a lot one, of pressure. That, it's pressure. that one's going to be and getting this TV. And, and you know what? That, that top four in the West, they're pretty good teams. 
Uh, They're pretty good teams. How about the pride of St. Louis still, um, mm. you know, coming off a couple of years of winning the cup? Like I know it, it like there's, there's, there's a lot of character in that room. There's the Petroangelo leaving to go to Vegas. There's lots of issues that could be used for motivation. If those two teams ever meet, I guess have had a, a great year. They've had a great year. St. Louis had to fight. They had to fight to make it. You know, they got a good push from Arizona, but they came through. They were banged up a lot this year. They're healthy. I think they're healthy. We'll see. All right. Well, we got plenty of uh, meat on the bone uh, rest of the week to tee up more more series. We're certainly going to do that. Now, what's your what's what's going on with your schedule now? Am I going to have to find you? Uh, you know, in Mid America under a, a, an oak tree with Wi-Fi. The RV will be loaded on Saturday, Sunday, and I'm on the road Monday morning. So I will be checking in. I'll be checking in with you to to you know keep you going. I'm just concerned about finding bars to watch games, and then you know my problem when I go into bars. Yeah, you get in fights. No, it's not that I get noticed. It's that I get drinking, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get beat up. And then my analysis isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some uh, security on Doug McLean on his trip back to PEI? I almost got into it on the golf course. This mouthy guy has played behind us wow. two rounds the last two weeks. And today my buddy parked his golf cart too close to the green and the guy yells. And then we get into a, you know, just, it just, you don't need that on the golf course, you know? Yeah, but doesn't the guy behind know that? Him, all uh, I asked him, I said, are you the marshal or what? Don't you have uh, flags on the cart that says you're special, like, uh, you know, the old timers get the flag so they can park that close? Oh, he, he did. I asked him, all I asked him, I said, are you the marshal out here as well as playing or what? You know, give me a break, get lost. You didn't anyway. tee up in his direction? <laughs> What's that, Jordan? You didn't tee up in his direction? I'm, I've, I, I hate to admit it, but I've done that once or twice in my, uh -huh. in my youth. Oh, you have not. Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble for it. I uh, growing up, go playing where, where my dad plays all the time. This but one, you're a fighter. I'm not. Yeah, I'm a lover. I've always right. been like an overly sized person. I, at like ten years old, I was the same height I am now. And this old guy, I hate him. Every time I see him, I still give him the stink eye. But he started giving me a, a hard time. I'm sitting there. I'm walking. It's a hundred degrees. I just teed. Up. I got kicked out of the club for a while. But I teed up right Message into his face. Sending. Mm-hmm. I thought that only happened in uh, in the NHL on the ice message sending. I've been. Oh, no, you can't lose. No, no. Just a minute. You cannot lose your temper on the ice anymore. That's out. That's Do out. not lose your temper. Get him out of the league. Calm, cool, and collected. That's Doug McLean from Florida, gearing up the RV, and we're gonna follow him every step of the way. All right, Mac. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Doug McLean. Everybody, Jordan. Thanks for uh, piping in today, as always. Uh, Joe. We know you're out there somewhere. Great job today for all of you watching. Hey, thanks for uh, following us along. We're going to take you on a great Stanley Cup run. run. You're not going to want to miss it. So if you're a first-time watcher, subscribe. Hit the like button. What do we got, 100 likes? We're going to have to tee it up, Jordan. We're going to have to find a number that... Uh, we'll get it. ...that uh, they're going to have to hit maybe uh, soon so we can start getting some Q&As coming in. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Th thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you on Friday. I'm Nick Kiprios. Have a great day.